Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from Scholar Steve. I changed his nickname. <laughs> Steve got the new glasses. Got the new glasses. <laughs> At least for a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's, I just, I'm just, every time I look across the table, I'm like, who is that professor-looking yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. Across the table. Now it's still guard dog, Steve. Yeah. And still. Maybe lately just wanted me to look smarter when she looks at me. <laughs> it was the perfect despise for Superman. Yeah, just wasn't it? Put on the glasses. Yeah. No idea who yeah. it was. So. Yeah, but I am no scholar. <laughs> Don't claim to be a scholar. That's for sure. Just a normal Joe that... Hey, I'll, I'll take... I'll take this. I'm guilty of this. I am a Bible nerd. I that am you Bible, are. Yeah. I am a Bible nerd. I can read and study and, and define and Septuagint, the Bible, all day and all night. Doesn't matter whether I eat. I just, just dig doing it. Have for close to 40 years now. I've never noticed you to read other books. Never have. Never or commentaries. Have. <laughs> I've written a couple, but I've never uh, read another book other than the Bible, it, except for lexicons. Yeah, you do. You do dig on the lexicons. We're both good. Yeah, Bible nerds that way. Yes, yeah. we we love looking up words. Yeah. And so we got that going for us. <laughs> we <laughs> give us a Bible and a couple lexicons, and we're all, happy. All I need is the air that I breathe and a lexicon. That's right. So, last week we talked about the idea of no condemnation, which is a great idea, and the the source of the no condemnation is I think one of the most misunderstood topics well let, let's just put it this way we, we saw in Romans 5 that the sin and it was the singular sin noun noun entered the world through one man yes and the death that followed came through the sin and this way death spread to everyone now the death he's talking about isn't a fig a physical death we saw right it is leads to a physical death but it's it's actually in the hebrew it, it's talking about deaths plural yeah in that dying you shall that's die. what I was going to say. In dying you shall die is how it's actually written. And it would mean in this new way that we define death as guilt 
or shame, in shame you will die. You'll be ashamed of yourself so much that you'll end up... It'll wear you down. It'll wear you down. It'll, the shame and the guilt will wear you down. And that is a definition of death. death. Shame and guilt is a biblical definition of death. Like the mind of the flesh is death. So the condemnation that Paul was feeling in Romans 7 is was, I don't understand what I do. I can't do what I want to do. I prazo, habitually practice the thing I don't want to do. And I don't do poieo a single time the good I want to do results in a manifestation of the, this word death. This oh, wretched man that I am. That's the Who definition will of rescue death. me from this body of death? That's the condemnation. Yes, this body that feels so condemned. And then he gives the answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Christ. And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning and that's that King all James. the time... Yes. All of them say there is no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. A couple of them added the B part of verse 4 to verse 1, and it's not in the original. It is therefore now no condemnation for those, those who are in Christ. Christ. Not walk according to the flesh. Who walk according. They added that part. Yeah. It's not there in the original. Right. And it doesn't even make sense. It's a if you double if you don't sin. So yeah. If you walk by the Spirit and don't sin, there's no condemnation. Right. Well, of course not. There's nothing to be condemned about. No. You're doing everything right. Which is verse four when it gets to your day to day behavior. Right. But verse one is a clean clear conscience. There is no more condemnation. Indicative statement. Statement of fact, that's where you get your doctrines from. That is a doctrine you can camp out on. You can hold fast to that indicative statement. There is no condemnation. Unconditional promise. Yes. There's no condemnation. Period. Right. That's what Jesus came from the third heaven down to earth to give us. He was trying to give us a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. In other words, it, he was up on the cross and he draw all men to himself and they paid the sin debt and now the takeaway is that you do not have to feel unrighteous in God's eyes because he said, I'll make a new covenant in your sins and lawless deeds. I'll remember no more. When he put Jesus on the cross, that is where he lost the memory of our sins and we do not need to feel like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden 
naked and ashamed. We do not need to feel that way anymore. And that is the ultimate outcome of why Jesus died on the cross. It's more to make us not feel unrighteous. He doesn't want us feeling unrighteous and living forever. That's why he blocked Adam and Eve from the tree of life because he didn't want them to eat of the tree of life and live forever feeling condemned. I mean, it was a merciful thing he did to block us from the garden so that we could not Be live stuck forever. There forever and ever and ever. Right. Now, now that we do not feel condemned, then eternal life, we can house eternal life. Well, the first time I saw that, that death and condemnation came through one man, not me, wasn't what I did. It came because of what Adam did. The first thing I thought was, that's not fair. That's not fair. I should at least have a chance to live by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. At least ultimately, get a shot at it. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what you're saying. You don't know that that's what you're saying, but that is what you're saying. I want a shot at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, Adam disqualified me? Yeah. I don't even get a shot at it? I don't get a chance? I'm already condemned? Right. But was I condemned? In my mind, I was. Isn't that exactly what Adam and Eve told God, because he said, who told you this? Their conscience told them that they were unrighteous, that they were naked, and that they needed to be ashamed of being naked. And God said, who told you? Did you eat from that tree? The knowledge of good and evil ends up being the knowledge that apart from him you can do no good, and that in and of yourself, you're evil. And we defined evil last week a little differently than we tend to think of evil. I'm not saying it's not those things, but... Refresh my memory. Well, in the Greek, there's two words, ponderos and kakos. And ponderos is that laborious futility it's also and that's evil that's right the definition of evil is laborious futility is evil which is exactly what adam and eve got when they got kicked out of the garden of eden they said from now on it's going to be laborious futility that you're going to live in you're going to live in evil a form of evil and the second definition is that it's also a infectious. It's also infectious. It's like a virus. It's like a pandemic. And I think we did a podcast on the, the endemic pandemic. The endemic pandemic. That's right. It was way early on, but you can find it in the list of uh, podcasts. But there's a certain extent that it is infectious because <laughs> sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way what death spread 
to all men. Isn't that the definition of infectious? Death infected all men. All men. From, And then it goes on to say, just so you know that it's not you and your sins and behavior that's making you feel condemned. He says, death reigned from Adam till, till Moses. Now, why is that significant? Because there was no law for them to break. They couldn't sin in and of themselves. They could not say, let me eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and see how well I do because there wasn't any laws for them to break. God said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but he blocked off the garden. So there was literally no command for them to break, but sin kept spreading from one person to the next at birth, and they all died. There's a highway in Germany. Everyone's heard of it. It's it's the Autobahn, I think it's called, and there's no speed limit. So you can go 100 miles an hour and you can't get a speeding ticket. You can't get a transgression ticket. Why? Because there's no law that says you cannot drive 100 miles an hour. It's still bad behavior. It's still reckless, dangerous behavior. And people were doing all that. But it it wasn't counted against them. In fact, Galatians says, what then was the purpose of the law? It came to mark transgressions. So we could have a complete record of every transgression of every person that ever lived. And then God could put that record of every transgression that he wasn't even counting against us, but he could put that record of every transgression of your conscience or law that was ever given every bad behavior that was ever given, every imperfection that was ever expected in your own mind or your neighbor's mind or your wife's mind or any bad behavior was, a record was kept of it and it was all put on the cross and paid in full. That's why there's no condemnation. In reality and also in your mind, it should be if you can renew your mind to this truth. Which is a big part of what the Bible addresses. It's trying to have you be sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. That's what it says in Hebrews 10. Yeah, and what is an evil? It's a sin conscience. And a sin conscience, oh man, it sounds spiritual. I'm just trying to clean up my life in this area I'm trying to you know that's the sin conscience it's it's not spirit conscience spirit conscience is a conscience of no condemnation waiting on the Lord yes exactly he's not counting his sins against me which means his presence never leaves me we were taught that too that when once you sin then his presence leaves you. You have to restore fellowship at that time. You have to restore fellowship. So even, you, you even can though go, Hebrews thirteen says, "I'll never leave you or forsake you." Now you, you can go into the bar, Bill, 
but don't think Jesus wants to go in that bar with you. He'll be waiting in the car when you get out. Or you know, not. Or not. <laughs> yeah, you may have to do some penance or something to restore broken fellowship. Which is a bogus idea, meaning biblically bogus the idea of restoring fellowship for the new covenant believer just is not taught by the Bible. You can't find any reference to it. Jesus' last sentence before he went to heaven was, Lo, I am with you as long as you don't go to the bars. and No. <laughs> what was it? Lo, I'm with you always. Did you say always? Jesus said always. I'm just repeating it. I'm mm -hmm. with you always, even to the end of the earth, or the end of the world in some translation. Which means that he's with you when you're not sinning. Mm hmm whether you see yourself sinning or not, he never leaves you or forsake you. I'm convinced of this one thing, neither height nor depth, nor things in the future, nor things in the past, neither angels or demon or anything else created will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. How do you find any wiggle room in I'm convinced that neither height nor depth nor things past nor things to come. Life or death. death. Things to come. There's nothing in the future that can come. That can separate us. No. There's Indicative nothing. statement. There's nothing in the past. Remember, the past was once the future. That's what Kamala Harris told us yesterday. <laughs> it was once the Today was once yesterday. Well, I, I forgot. <laughs> the, the future is now the the one time future is now the past, and it didn't it didn't separate you in the future. It didn't separate you in the present. It can't separate you now that it's already passed. That's ridiculous. Exactly. So he says, "Okay, let's talk about." We talked about the transgression, and yes. that brought death. That got that feeling of condemnation, that, which Paul said, there is none. That now. sick feeling. That sick, dirty feeling. But the gift is not like the trespass. Where are you reading from? Romans 5.15. Okay. It is like the trespass in one sense, but it's not like the trespass in another sense. So let's break that down. For if by one man's trespass the many die. Who was that man, Guard Dog Steve? Adam. At Adam, which his name means mankind. 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 One man brought condemnation and death. I'm just going to say it. Death, the way he's talking about it here, and condemnation are one and the same. One and the same. That feeling naked and ashamed. Naked and ashamed. How much more have the grace of God and the gift 
which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. So he's saying, if one man brought condemnation and death to all men, much more the gift, and we're going to, he's going to explain what the gift is coming up, which comes through the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation. When Adam ate from the forbidden tree, it brought that feeling of condemnation on every person that was ever born, born. and lived a life. Yeah. One act did one, that. One act. Thank you, Adam. Yes. But from many trespasses, not just Adam's. Yes. Many trespasses. Remember we said the law came to mark out trespasses and transgressions. Through the law comes the knowledge of sin, Romans 3. And I can sum up the law in three words. Okay. Be ye perfect. perfect. Amen. Amen. I think that's his conclusion. Therefore, be ye perfect. Yes. And then there's many people that get around that. Now, perfect also means mature. He added one more statement to disqualify that. Mm -hmm. Okay. How mature? As your father in heaven, whether you call it maturity or perfection, if it, the standard is your Father in heaven, it's perfect. Be ye perfect. So, and the gift is not like the one man's sin because one sin came, from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation, but from many trespasses came the gift resulting in justification. So there's a gift involved now. This gift came after everyone blew it. Everyone. Romans goes into great detail. He says, now those who had the law know full well they can't keep the law. But it says that even people that never had the law, they have something called a conscience. And the conscience does an amazing thing. It goes back and forth, condemning you, and excusing you. And that's that feeling you get when you you yelled at you yelled at your wife, you yelled at your dog, and you feel condemned, then your conscience excuses your behavior because you say, Well, I wouldn't have yelled at her if she'd have just done what I told her to do during the day. So your conscience condemns you, then it justifies you. That is a death guilty conscience. That's from someone that doesn't have the law. They're still without excuse. They know they're not living the perfect. They're not living being perfect as your father in heaven. Exactly. So then as through one man's trespass, there is condemnation for, for everyone. So also through one righteous act there is justification leading to life for all men 
For just as through one man's obedience the many were made sinners, so also through one, I'm sorry, through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience (laughs) the many will be made righteous. We are not righteous before God because we obey God. We are righteous because one man obeyed God. One man was being ye perfect, and he was perfect. One man obeyed God and was perfect. What do you God's think eyes. his name is? Do you remember? There's, I, think, I think they called him Jesus. Jesus Christ was the perfect man and lived a perfect life of obedience. He was born of a woman, born under law. He was obligated to keep the whole entire law. And the law says that he was declared righteous. We are righteous because one man obeyed God. What does it say about being declared righteous in and of ourselves? There is no No one one righteous. No, no, not one. All have gone away. All have turned their back. There's none who does good. No, not one. That's Romans 3, 10 and following. It's hard to read, but there's no one. No one. No wiggle room. None. (laughs) It just just said nobody on the planet made the grade except for Jesus. And you're credited with one man's obedience. That's why he says the gift of righteousness is greater than being credited with the trespass of Adam. Because we didn't do anything to to be declared righteous. Righteous members of covenant terms. It means you perfectly kept the covenant with God. That's right. You did it right. You did the covenant right. And there were two covenants. The Abrahamic covenant, which is really the one we're under, But then there was this other covenant called the covenant of law, and it was a two-party covenant. If you did your part perfectly without sin, God would do his part and declare you righteous. And what did it declare? No one kept the covenant. No, not one. He found fault with the covenant because he found fault with with the the people. people. Why did he find fault with the covenant? Because he found fault with the people. The people couldn't do it. Like it says in Romans 8, 8, 2, that the law was weakened by the flesh, could not save anybody, but Jesus came in likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. He took care of it. And now all the righteous requirements of the law are fully met in us who walk after the Spirit. And not by human effort. That, that's just amazing because you look at the law and you're like, I, I always thought, well, it, the law was a good guideline at least to, to keep, you know, don't steal you know, who can argue with that? 
are, are you saying it's okay to steal now? And it's it's not saying that at all. I heard it said that just this morning before we got here. There's <laughs> a whole sermon on how it's our guidelines and it was there because man was so depraved that he gave us a set of guidelines just, just to help us out to live better. And that's just not true. There, there's no... There's no part of the Bible that says that. That guy was talking out of, he was preaching out of silence. It says just the opposite. It says the opposite. The power of sin is in the law. Yes. Paul say, I once was alive without the law, but mm-hmm. when the commandment came, when the, when the commandment came, sin, sin sprang, sprang to, to life. life. Then he says, for sin... The sin, same thing we're talking about in taking the the opportunity opportunity afforded by the the commandment. commandment. What gave sin an opportunity? The commandment. It gave sin an opportunity, deceived me, and put me to death. Death. Made me feel guilty and ashamed. How did it deceive me? The same way it deceived the guy that you heard that from this morning. Yes. He thought he could keep it. Yes thought you should keep it and he thought he should tell you from the television camera that you need to keep it but that's where the power of sin comes from the law not our opinion it says it what is it first corinthians fifteen fifty six. the power of sin is in the law okay i lost my place it's counterintuitive but it is it, the, it doesn't the gospel make sense. in the yeah. new covenant i mean just to put it in a nutshell we went from the law, which was a bunch of rules and everything. He made a new covenant, which we are the vessels that he lives in, and we wait for him to manifest himself through us, and we are addicted and dependent on him manifesting himself through us. And when he does, we give him the credit, and the judicial system of this new covenant is carried out because if we give him the credit then on the day of judgment new covenant judgment we receive rewards for what he did through us and we gave him the credit that's as simple as the new covenant gets that's the perfect law that gives liberty which is grace yes look at this Stephen (laughs) verse 20 Tell me that doesn't... The law came along to multiply the trespass. <laughs> what? The law came to get trespasses down? No. To a, a guide to live by? No. It caused sin. I, I'm looking at it. Does that say multiplied? Am I reading that yeah, right? You're, you're reading it right. Is multiplied mean increase exponentially? Yes. yes. It does. To make sin multiply. It's 603 ways that it multiplies, plus the Ten Commandments etched in stone. It just, you don't hear that. You, you hear the law as a guideline. Like, you just heard it today. You just heard it today. So the guy said sin, or the law is a guideline. And Paul said, the law came along to multiply the trespass. Which one, which statement is bogus? I would say 
Paul's is valid, and I think he does an amazing job putting it in context and clearing it up. I would have to say what you heard, the law as a guideline is bogus. I, I don't know how other else to say it. No, and I don't see... They any, both can't be true. In, in The Bible only talks about one side of that coin. The Bible tells you that it's not good to get under the law. Sin shall no longer be your masters because you are not under law, but under grace. And then Christ he finishes is the it up. end of the law for those who believe. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for yes. those who believe. Yes. So just as sin reigned, and that's that basilio word, I think. It's literally reign like a king sin reigned like a king missing the mark was king so also grace will reign like a king through the righteousness of Christ resulting in eternal life zoe life eternal life is kingdom life Grace reigns like a king through his life. The law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death that was reigning on me. That the sin was reigning like a king, but now a better king has come. And now grace reigns like a king. That's awesome. Let's go back to Romans 8. Okay. Um, maybe you could put that in, in in context of there is now no condemnation for Romans 8. Yeah, there, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who keep the law. Who, whether or not they keep the law because the sin is not their master because they're under grace. That's where no condemnation is. That's the dwelling place of no condemnation. The dwelling place of condemnation is the law. That's the ministry of the law. The ministry of the law is what? Death. Yes, the ministry of the law is death. The ministry of the spirit is righteousness. The ministry of the law is condemnation. You know another name for the ministry of death? It's in that Second Corinthians 3, right? It's called the ministry of death and the ministry that finds fault <laughs> and the ministry of condemnation. Wow. That is where your guilty feelings come from. They come from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, from the law, from Satan himself, and from people who preach condemnation. Stay away from that church. You don't want to go to the church. No. When you leave, you feel death, condemned, and find and, fault and, with everything you and, did all week and determine that you'll try harder next time if they if you leave the church determine that you'll try harder next time don't go back to that church but if you leave a church that it is saying depend on the spirit of christ in you to live the christian life that's a church to go back to yes the fault 
finding ministry is not a gift of the Spirit. Sorry. It is not. And I've met people that feel called to that, and they'll go to someone and say, I see this sin in your life. Mm -hmm. I found this fault with you. And no. Right. That is not what they... The ministry of the Spirit is righteousness. The ministry of the Spirit tells you what's right with you. You have a spirit that is perfect because the one who, what was it in Hebrews 2? He's because we, Jesus and his us came from the same father. He's not ashamed to call, call us, us his brothers and sisters. Not ashamed of us. What does not ashamed of us mean? No condemnation. No. He doesn't condemn us. He's no. not ashamed of us. No. He believes what he says. He, he sees us as righteous. Yes. We either believe it or we don't. But it doesn't change the fact that you're righteous because one man obeyed God. No. It, and it, it doesn't make any difference whether you believe it or not, except to you. Because then, if you don't believe it, then you can feel like an enemy of God in your own mind. Yes. And that is what we started the podcast off saying. God was trying to get us not to have a evil, ashamed feeling conscience in our mind, not to feel like God doesn't love us in our minds. In our minds, we are to feel that our sins and lawless deeds he will remember no more because he made a new covenant where he said, I'm making a new covenant. And in that new covenant, your sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. That's why he said, Abraham was a righteous man who believed against all hope and was assured in faith that he would bear a child in Romans 3. And never wavered. Never wavered in unbelief. But the fact of the matter is, he fell on his face and laughed at God. But that little passage in Romans is written, it says, for our benefit that we know that no matter what our life looks like, Jesus remembers our sins no more. And he describes us the same way he described Abraham even though Abraham was a scoundrel, he gave his wife away to another king for for, for sex. Yeah, he he had sex with the concubine, the the maid. He fell on his face and laughed at God. He, it, but yet Romans three just says he was righteous and full of faith and never wavered in faith. Just totally knowing that God would deliver because that is how God sees Steve. He sees Steve as totally righteous, just not remembering any of Steve's sins because he made a covenant. And in that covenant, he said, I will remember Steve's sins no more. And yes, the people around us see our sins and our sins have consequences because the people around us won't like us anymore they'll they'll shame us and 
avoid us and on and on it goes. We'll get traffic tickets, all the consequences that you can pay on earth. You pay, but you don't pay any consequences between you and God. You can come boldly to the throne of mercy, Hebrews 10, having your heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. You have to get that one part right. Between you and God, everything is copacetic. It's all cool. what is the purpose of your heart sprinkled clean? It says you can go boldly to the throne of grace and receive help. This help is defined as the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. Did you know? As a principle. This is why it's so important. No condemnation is so important. Did you know you cannot live by the spirit if you're feeling condemned in your mind? That is God true. can still have the spirit move, but you're not getting the full effect of having the spirit's life if you're living in condemnation. Because the Spirit's ministry is righteousness. You have to be thinking, I'm righteous. That's what it says in First John. All the people who say, I'm in the Spirit, look a certain way. They look like Christ did. To, to say, I'm in the Spirit, then you're going to have to act a certain way like the Spirit does. And the Spirit's ministry is righteousness. It's not condemned. Not condemnation. So you look like somebody who extends grace to everybody around you and you say, it's not that bad. God doesn't remember that sin anymore. God is okay with you. Let's go ask God for more of his power so that next time the friends that you made mad at you, they won't get mad at you the next time. Yeah, your your friends don't see you in righteousness all the time so you do owe them an apology at this point rather than stop and conclude with a prayer we're just going to go right on with part two of this podcast we're just going to keep going because we're on a a subject that needs to be brought out it is literally the difference between living under the old covenant or living under the new covenant. So 